Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Smoke blood. <laughs> that was such a hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. It's, Emma, hell yeah. it's Emma Stone in that SNL sketch. If you've never seen it, that's little impression. I never have. Yeah, that's very good. Hell yeah, she's a poster. <laughs> she's a poster that came to life, like in a guy's dorm room. It's very funny. It sounds like that a poster sounds that delightful. came to life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, good times. Most of my posters, if they came to life, when, when I was a kid, most of my posters, if they came to life, they'd sound like whoosh or something like that. <laughs> You'd be a right. skin of a rink. That's a skin of a rink situation. Yeah. <laughs> Real skin of a rink. Yeah. <laughs> Getting skin of a rinked by my Ren and Stimpy posters. Oh, man. Mm. Um, yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hello. What are they saying? Hi, Cast. Hi. It is Cast. the show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. And you've already heard me talk. I'm I'm Drew Grant. Drew! You Yay! are! Yeah! Welcome. Woo! How are you? How are things? I promise I promised myself I wouldn't interrupt as much this time as a general note just for everything. So I'm gonna I'm doing well. Do you interrupt? Drew 80, <laughs> 85 to 87% of podcasting is interrupting. Yeah, I so don't spent worry about every it. podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just interrupted. I spent every podcast terrified that i'm interrupting too much so i wouldn't worry about it i just don't usually notice if i'm interrupting and then also that's just like grabbing the mic and monologuing which is probably why i don't get invited to too many podcasts but uh i noticed yeah i've started a new job and i realize i do it all the time during like zoom meetings well i want you to know that my sister loves your episodes yeah uh, like she listened to the skin one she's like who is that person she's i love her whenever she's on <laughs> so you got a fan yeah you got a fan and my sister that's sweet is, is this weird that i like quote the skin trailer to myself and i'm just like randomly walking around like you know how like a hundred percent that's in weird. this like, house you know, <laughs> y- yep you know how a song will get stuck in your head? Well, mm-hmm. that gets stuck on my head in a loop just in this house. In this mm. house. In this house. Like, when I just were... think to myself that I, that that is running through my head when I'm just walking around doing stuff during the yeah. day. In this house. Like most people house. have like walking on sunshine in their head mm-hmm. or like too legit to quit. I'm thinking about the fucking Skinamarink trailer. Yeah, it's mm. funny because uh, I also just don't listen to that much music. So sometimes I'll just turn to Eric apropos of nothing like while doing something else and go... Oh my god, isn't that funny what Scully said? Because I'm literally referencing one of your guys' X-Files episodes. <laughs> Incredible. And I'm like, 
Yeah. And sometimes he'll like be like, oh, I can sort of put the pieces together what you're talking about. And sometimes he's like, I have no idea what Dave said Scully said. <laughs> so you just have our podcast stuck in your head? Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, we can do the intro from heart. Like I can do it from memory. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I can't, but I've been I've been rewatching X Files, you know, as as one does, mm-hmm. and it's fun whenever one of the quotes from the intro does show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot that I have like two that are just from, from the Jose same episodes. Chung. Yeah, yeah. The one we're currently on is uh the the kick we're currently on on the Dave and Tom X Files thing is uh <laughs> I think it was like two weeks ago when you guys made the joke about. Like, this only happens in the movies. Like, or this this happens outside the movies. And she's like, no, Scully, it doesn't. I messed up the joke. But, like, my, my friend thought that was so <laughs> Which funny. episode? It was, uh, like, two weeks ago when Scully was oh, like... salvage, right? That's yep. the metal man. Yep. Right. The fucking like, metal man. No, Scully, it doesn't happen outside of movies. <laughs> it's just like, that's really funny. <laughs> right. Uh, Scully is becoming a maniac. She's really losing her mind. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Mulder's really infected her. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone been... around him, really. He's ruined Scully, Skinner, probably mm-hmm. Chuck. Chuck's life is probably demonstrably worse. Even mm-hmm. the lone oh, yeah. gunmen are probably doing worse than they were. He, he's like he's like the fucking Babadook. Like, he's just in your mind, and he just drives you mad. He's oh, a Skinner. He's a Skinnerink. He's, he's Skinnerinking them. I know for a fact. <laughs> I know for a fact the lone gunmen's lives are worse uh-huh. Uh, off since oh, uh, yeah. bef- because they fucking die because they met Mulder. Yeah. Spoilers for X Files. Spoilers uh, for X Files. But oh yeah. Oh. They predict nine eleven and they then predict- they die. <laughs> exactly. Well, yep. not to get too into it, I think Chris Carter's Q. But let's move on. <laughs> <I'm> pretty- <laughs> <laughs> he right. could be Q. Um, he could be a Q. Hundred well, percent. Uh, okay. Well, we have we have we have some business. Um, uh, let's start with uh, Drew. Thank you, mm-hmm. by the way, for being on here. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Always a delight. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to plug anything? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Up top, sure. I'll plug some yeah. stuff. I got some new stuff to plug, but uh, mainly, Ooh. yeah. You can always just check me out at Patreon.com/backslash/VideoDrew. VideoDrew is also my social network handles and all this other fun stuff that people do. I also have a podcast network called Content Candy, like content, like the stuff you consume with your eyeballs, and candy, like the stuff you consume with your mouth. And we say Got it's it. nom nom for your ears. Um, yeah, I have a couple of shows on there. But m- most importantly, I think it's that I started a, a new job as a managing editor of a website that's a spinoff of Daily Dot. It's called Passion Fruit, and it's for creators. So people who have podcasts and, and YouTube channels. And it's it's going to be like a resource hub and a really cool place. So I'm getting that off the ground, and I'm really excited what about it. What a cool it. idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We're new creators, punks. Dave. We should exactly. check that out. Yeah. Gonna say, we're like gods, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna interview you. I'm gonna hit you guys up for an interview at some point if that's cool. Sure, yes. I, I've as, never as, been interviewed as, as long as you put in the interview that we are like gods, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. We, we are essentially Jehovah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Definitely quote, I definitely quote you guys more than the of the actual Bible, so that's fine. <laughs> that's good. Well, we have a lot more to offer, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um. Uh, uh, I need to do an anti-plug, which is to say, just for people, uh, just a little little business. Uh, we won't have a, we just watched next Monday, and we won't have a, a hype cast next Friday. We're gonna be taking a week off from those uh, because I will be out of town. That's all. Just telling people now where people can hear us. So if we're not, you know, like our our regular other like our pre-recorded stuff because we pre-record, 
we'll be uh, around, but uh, don't you know. tell them that, Dave. No, they know. Right, I'm ruining the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if people are wondering where's Hypecast next week, first of all, weird voice you got. Yeah, why do you and, talk like that? What are you? And second of all, we'll be back the week, the next week. It's fine. So where do you guys our, talk? Good. Oh, I was just gonna what? say all of our all of our viewers who are Jinx the cat. <laughs> yeah, this Hypecast this week. It sounds like you're like a. Wow. The, like an anime dub, like when they do the English dubs of anime shows, and you're like, oh, who did they get to do this voice? No. I want to do an anime dub. Yeah. No. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> we, we actually went that. We went to one for uh, Demon Slayer in the theaters, and like the one who's doing the, the pig guy was so grating to me. He was like Pig Cartman that I actually had to leave nice. the theater and come back at a different showing. <laughs> 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 my goodness picturing that voice coming out of that character is pretty great <laughs> and uh, I, being a voice uh, actor that's failed, that's exactly what failed sounded so like. much that <laughs> someone has to leave hey, pigman name's strong and key no that is exactly what he sounded like oh my god <laughs> triggering uh, um, well we got trailers to talk about but first we got some producers to thank mm-hmm. alright <clears throat> so let's do that big thank you to the lubed up ghost of Dave Thomas thank always you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you to at Nerd Numbers. Thank you. Thank you to Zero Charisma. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Aaron Burser. Thank, Thank you to AJ. Thank <laughs> you to Andrew Howe. Deck the halls with blood. Thank what? you. Thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you to Barry Tumath. Se- well, Barry Tumath wants you to go to the gym and drink water. Owen oh, Scott is life. Love y'all. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick, pick it up. <laughs> and thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. Um, let me jump in here. Thank you to Bootler Bootlison. Thank you. Thank you to Brian, whom Tom knows. Thank you. Thank you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. Thank you. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Ooh, thank you. Thank you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thanks. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Always. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Thank you. And lastly, thank you to David Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Knife Boot. All right. All right. Knife trailers. In the boot. Within the boot. Yep. Within, put the knife. Tuck your knife put it into in the, the boot. boot and let's boot, yeah. slap your fucking eyeballs onto some trailers. Uh huh. Starting with the Marvels. This is, uh, I, 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 I guess, a Marvel movie. Uh huh. Yeah. It's uh, technically the sequel Mrs. to Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Marvels. And of the, of the MCU. Marvels. Of the Marvels, the MCU Marvels. In the Marvels. Of the Cincinnati yeah. Marvels? Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine. What do you guys think? Um, okay, so for good. I'm thinking very good. Uh, I like this more than I think uh, I did any of them individually. Any of these three characters, Miss Marvel, uh, Maria Rambo, and, uh, Correct, yeah. and, and the Captain Marvel. I don't think I liked... I mean, I really like Miss Marvel, but I don't think I really dug these other two as much as like I do the collective idea of all three of them together. I don't know. Something about it seemed like kind of charming. Um, right. If, uh, the actress who's uh, Miss Marvel, Iman, I forget her last name, but the, her reaction to the to the cat was Perfect. so freaking so hilarious. Yeah. 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 I need to, I need that made me want to watch. I haven't watched the show. I haven't watched Miss Marvel. But oh, it's good. Looking at this trailer made me want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I Marvel for me is kind of like Star Wars, which we'll be getting to, which is it's now my like if I'm on a plane 
thing where it's like i'll pick up a marvel show it's, you know like it's become uh, the minions for me honestly where it's you know like i just kind of tune it out unless something really sticks out and i, I right I, to say that this trailer does stick out to me and i want to see it this looks like fun yeah, well, i was gonna say i i liked that first miss marvel movie mm-hmm. um i it's all this it's again it's all superhero stuff they go pew pew they fight at the end they're in space which is just i don't know it feels like they're always in space now but like i you know going back to the 90s it was charming mm-hmm. it was fun you know they, they i i enjoyed it for what it was I, I, and i think i'll enjoy this for what it is too yeah. like it's everything's a joke and i think that's fine because uh I, I don't know if I can handle them acting like something serious anymore well, anyway. No, uh, and like Captain Marvel's indestructible anyway, so... Right, well, his, so it might as well have fun. It's like Thor, uh, well, you know? What I really like about this, though, is adding Iman Vellani, Vellani, that's her name, Iman Vellani, I hope I'm pronouncing Iman Vellani? Yeah, as Miss Marvel, because uh, the show is really good, but more importantly, it's her energy. Like, the idea of adding in, like, a new character who is just that excited to like meet all these people like it's like a different pov right that's almost like a fresh mm-hmm. eyes kind of thing yeah she's new spider-man yeah she's new exactly Spider-Man. and yeah she does look like she's doing a great job in this yeah um yeah but also my question is does this take place on um, where the timeline of the secret invasion thing Who is coming up does that take place because knows drew <laughs> because like, i could not did, tell you how does she know who nick fury is like nick fury she, is she, she meets him earlier in the trailer Nope, when she's she, she switches places with Monica Rambo outside this and and she right. like bounces up against the side of the spaceship in her spacesuit. She says, "Hi, Nick Fury!" Like she's really excited to see, see Nick Fury. Right, so but I how think she know? that scene. How she know who that is? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good. That is a good point because he's supposed I mean, to I don't be like the, the king cares. of secret agents. No, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I guess yeah. the movie is. I guess the movie is treating it like he's just one of the Avengers, and everybody knows who he is. I think he's um, supposed to be dead, though. I mean, I, there's just like a, so many questions I have about this because, like, also, like, Captain, I, I just don't understand how she idolizes. So in this show, it's like pretty clear that she's like a super fan of a bunch of Avengers, but most importantly, Captain Marvel. But like, how does she also know who Miss uh, Captain Marvel is? Because Captain Marvel was only on World for like the end of an, uh, Endgame. Like, and only then on like the compound of like Star Compound. Like, she's not famous, I don't think, in the I world. Mean- the mcu marvel can retcon so much and sort of like that's the thing is that like i've just stopped the the, it's one of those things where it's like i i've stopped caring about plot holes to some extent where i'm just like it's all one big plot hole at this point there's so many things that right you know there's a giant robot baby sticking out of the earth that no one has discussed or talked about (laughs) in any way that's weird it just doesn't matter it's a cartoon you know the answer is she knows who nick fury is because we know who nick fury is like and that's right i think we're we're like 30 movies deep Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, I guess because she's like a teenager who's obsessed. No, with like you're right. Ant-Man you're and, right. It doesn't yeah. make any sense that she would know who he is, or and it would just yeah. make any sense that she would know who Captain Marvel is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I just, I, but I really do like it. I, I think my biggest issue with Marvel is that they have a multiverse, or they have multiple multiverses, right? A multi omniverse uh, where multiverses work in different ways. Yeah, they have whatever thing. they need. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the TVA thing from Loki doesn't really work with like the Watcher from the um from the What If episodes, which doesn't match like the Quantumania thing, which doesn't match like any of the other versions of time travel or like messing with timelines that hey. we've been introduced to. Drew, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it doesn't like, make sense. It's funny <laughs> is that like I felt this back at Cracked because 
you know, uh, Cracked was a place where we picked apart plot holes, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have fun with something like Star Trek, which tries really hard to take its world seriously. And I remember just losing steam with Marvel because it was like, they don't care. Like, why right. should it's, I care? Pointing out the plot hole is, only, to me anyway, and the way, the way we used to do it at Cracked is only fun when it's like a thing that you're not thinking about. And we've brought it up a lot recently. But like yeah. Jason's observation that in Friday the 13th Part 2, Jason absolutely had... Jason Voorhees. Okay, let me, let me back up. Yeah, I was about to be so, like, what? Friday the 13th Part 2, Jason Pargin's observation that Jason Voorhees has to be riding... Um, crazy old Henry's stolen bike. I think his name is Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to get from the, because there's locations are so far apart in the film, and you see him show up within moments to different mm-hmm. locations. The only explanation is that he's riding the bicycle of this guy he killed. Right. <laughs> so that's when, like, that's when it's that's where the juice is. Like, that's where the good stuff is, where you right. can like take yes. a plot hole and extrapolate something really funny from it. Well, here's my theory. To me, anyway, to me anyway. Jason Jason Parge's middle name. It's Voorhees. No way. No way. No, I, I am lying. I am making that okay. up. Uh, um, no, but like if Marvel made that movie, they'd show him on the bike and point out how funny it was. Right. And and everything's a joke. Well, here's my uh, at all times, and like that just get gets grating. Uh, but it also <laughs> hurt with job security <laughs> where it's like come on marvel uh try try so we can make fun of right because so, like uh, the only other plot hole to point out i'm sorry Drew, just real quick the only other plot hole to point out would just be when something just flat out is broken or doesn't make sense and that's when you're like right. critiquing the movie it's not fun to point those things out you're just like uh this movie's bad so here's, you, can, here's, you can have fun with those other ones anyway sorry so so here's what i think is like I'm kind of like almost like a Marvel optimist in a way where I'm like, these are all so like these are so like antithetical to one another. All the different ways that they have very quickly introduced multiple multiverses like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came right after the other kind of multiverse that Doctor Strange introduced himself to where he opened it up for No Way Home. And it's like, this has to be a reason. Like, it's not like people are not under, you know, there's somebody in charge of this, right? Like, there's that guy. So like. Clearly, there's, like, a purpose behind introducing multiple multiverses that don't interact or, like, work the same way. Well, so, like, maybe... It's very, that is very optimistic. I'm the opposite, which is that it depresses me because what it means to me, in my opinion, is that Marvel f- realized that audiences largely don't care about consistency anymore. Like, where it's all fandom... Uh, and it's all just let me. I want my character on there. It's I want them to say the things and wink at us and be fun. That like, it feels it's a bummer that like a movie can just be gibberish now and they don't have to really worry about it. Uh, that bums me out. It just bums me out that they realized that. Like it feels like they just don't care. It feels because like- they don't need to care. But then you can about- do that. Sorry, go ahead. No, just that's it. I feel like. But like, okay, so DC can do this, right? Like there's the Bizarro universe, but also every DC movie is kind right. of like a standalone and they have their own versions of like how they get to the crisis of inter- infinite Earth. And I guess that's what I mean is like, this seems like it's leading somewhere, like the Loki thing and the like the every single like story now has its own version of how a multiverse operates. Like I, I hope it, I hope it leads somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like they destroy all the timelines basically and start fresh. Like they have to. They yeah, they sure as fuck need to. Uh, they need to do something with this multiverse shit. Because that's the thing is it it hasn't gone anywhere. No, has it? No. Like the way Thanos built to something, this like I know they're trying with Kang now, but it's taken so long <laughs> and it's just it's just a big messy thing now that yeah. I'm just I don't know. It uh, it's whatever. Like if people enjoy it, they enjoy it. I just 
I don't. I will say <laughs> like, that's. I'm looking forward to Loki season two. It's by uh, the guys who directed it, and I believe wrote or showrun most of it. It's yes. just, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I'll be Benson right there for Moorhead, that. right? Yeah, it's yeah, Moorhead. I'll be Benson. right fucking there for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed Loki. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. I enjoy things from this universe. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, independently, it's just like I kind of have to shut out the rest of the world. Oh yeah. in Marvel to enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so insistent on trying to connect everything that it's hard, you know? We I just realized Peter Parker, like Spider-Man, in the world of Spider-Man, there's like three different versions of how a multiverse works. Because you have like the multiverse from No Way Home. You have the multiverse from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like these are already like two very yeah. vastly different ideas of like what's going on. Uh, Sometimes people look exactly the same mm-hmm. sometimes they look completely different sometimes yeah. they're different ages mm-hmm. peter mm-hmm. parker is three different ages three different guys like how it, like it doesn't it again it's whatever they want it to be because they just want to do the thing that the fans like that's it and they, I, I don't think there's it would be amazing if they tied it all together um i would be really impressed but i just not getting that vibe yeah. but know. this looks fun this, yeah, looks, this fun. looks great yeah yeah i i again like i, I this looks I don't know. It's a fun little world to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't been in it much, so it's kind of exciting for that reason. And it looks like it's kind of like it's self-contained, mm-hmm. or rather, it's very focused. And yeah, right. I don't know. It's got the Cree thing. I mean, I hope the Cree come back. Is that what they're called? Like the, sure the scrolls, yeah. bad guys. Like I want Jude um, Law back in this. I, I really liked him in Captain Marvel. Uh, and that that ending yeah. was so funny, where he's like, "You have to beat me to prove." And she just punches <laughs> yeah. him into a fucking mountain. <laughs> I love yeah, that. That was fun. That was so good. Yeah, no, I really, I really do hope that like that's because like the scroll thing is obviously becoming an, an issue, and that's gonna be Secret Invasion. But like, I really hope I love Ben Mendelsohn in this project. He, I think he's like playing out a type or out of character right. where he's just like a good guy who's kind of a weird alien. Love that, love that for him. But um, if, yeah, oh, I want Bendelson. God, Bendelson would make me so happy. He's in it. In this, yeah, yeah. He is he in the trailer? Did I miss Bendelson? Well, he's a scroll that he's like the main scroll. He's, he's definitely yeah, in he Secret in Invasion. This. I don't know if he's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they can't keep teasing Bendelson. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, this Star War. Um, Ahsoka. Uh huh. Is that? It's uh, it's uh, it's it. It looks. I don't know. Looks fine. Yeah. Uh, this are, this... <laughs> I, I'm sort of. I'm. I'm a few shows behind. I hear. Uh, What's it called is very good. It's okay. Oh, Andor. Oh, Andor. Andor is incredible. Andor. Andor's Andor, incredible. Yeah. No, that's that's the best thing. That's the best Star War that they've, yeah, they've come Yeah, I'm going to watch up. Andor soon. Uh, go through the first episodes. It's kind of like, I feel like the first two are kind of like, they're good, but they're not great. And then you get to this ep- this three episode arc in the middle that is just some of the best television. Look, I, I don't watch the Clone Wars. I don't watch the cartoons or like the Bad Batch or anything. So like when I watch this Ahsoka trailer, I'm like, oh, it's, I guess it's some... Some guys and some I, people. Star Wars, it's funny, has been generally, generally killing it mm-hmm. uh, for TV shows. I would argue the Obi-Wan show was not good. This, uh, this new Mandalorian season. People seem to like it. I didn't this, watch what? it. <laughs> We're entering the phase of Star Wars that I have no nostalgia for. So all these projects right. like, you know, I mean, obviously I like um, Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I didn't watch the Obi-Wan show. And then like... This, this one where it's like she's uh, Ahsoka is a character from the Clone Wars cartoon. Like I have no, I have no nostalgia for the prequels because I was an adult when I saw them and I recognized that they were all bad. Yep, yep. Right. So I like, had this I talk recently. I, yeah. I, 
I do not care about the current slate of Star Wars. The weird retconning of like the prequels being good because people yeah. now just have to react because like, you were that's a kid like, when you saw it. Like because because all these things are like Star Wars. A lot of it right now, and and Marvel. It's I mentioned this on the Super Mario Brothers we just watched. We did. It's all flashcards. All they're mm-hmm. doing is showing up pictures of things you liked. And having you recognize them oh and applaud God. and move on, and that's it. It's, it's but is so, this doing that? Yes, yes. This is this is all from the Clone Wars. So like when you oh, see okay. every single character, it's Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead. She's from the Clone Wars, and everyone's like, ah. Oh! And then the guy I, that's like fa- the big bad on that, he's from I believe uh, the Clone Wars. He's like the, the Thrawn. The, yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn's a big bad. Uh, and I like Thrawn to be like and, Thrawn has returned, and I was like, I don't know who that I don't is. Know who the fuck <laughs> that is. <laughs> I, I, I think it's is. funny when a Jedi says something bad is coming, and I'm like, something bad is always coming. Your world is chaos. Yeah. You've never had a moment of peace. Right, of course the, something bad is coming. But in this case, when they say something bad is coming, it is specifically Ray Stevenson with force powers, and that is bad. That wait, is wait, bad. It's bad wait. for everyone. Wait, I don't think... Isn't Thrawn the... Isn't he being played by Lars Mikkelsen? He is, but there's another... The the big bearded guy that you saw do all the, the fucked up Jedi shit in the trailer. That's Ray Stevenson. Is he... I'm, and I, I think I think he's like Thrawn's stick man or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, is but he he's, is is he the one that like was Ahsoka's assistant or like what, her her Padawan who was like he's got a weird name like Lucas or something and he like went away for a while and they're trying to find him. I don't know, man. Like maybe <laughs> I don't. I didn't like I said I didn't watch the cartoon. I just recognized Ray Stevenson yeah. as an evil Jedi in this trailer. <laughs> I'm, so. I, see, not having watched the cartoon, this all feels new to me, and. I don't know. I guess I'm the optimist on this one because, like, again, most of the time the TV show has been good, like their TV content in general. So for that reason, I'm like, I have no reason to think this will be bad. I, I Statistically speaking, this will probably be good. I know that's not how it works. I but, think, I'm, uh, I think yeah. I'm just exhausted with because every single well, yeah, every single TV show has been remember this character. Like, it's all been flashcards. Right. Except I'm for totally Andor. Exhausted. <laughs> Except for well, Andor. And, 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 well, Andor is still like a character from a movie that we all recognize, and it's still like, hey, remember A New Hope? This is this story. Like, it's <laughs> wait, which one? Which character from A New Hope? Oh, can Mamata? And, and Andor was in um, Rogue One. Rogue One, right? Which yeah. is which is a prequel to A New Hope. Oh, I got you. So yeah, it's, but I mean, yeah. it's still it's still like flashcards for the original trilogy. So it's like, my I God, mean, can we? Can we like the Mandalorian was the most exciting thing for me because it was a new cast of characters until it wasn't. Uh, yeah. So it's like, man, I, can we just do something that's not like, hey, remember this? I mean, that's why yeah. I thought like Andor was so good because it basically didn't have any aliens or droids. There was like one of each, and like it, it really didn't have that much to do with like I forgot that it was before A New Hope because that's how Rogue One works. Uh, I haven't really seen all of Rogue One. I know I need to, but like this. Everyone was different. Like it's just a whole new world, and they're mostly humans, and it's all political. It's like just a political well, cycle. That's what I've heard. Yeah, Andor. yeah, I need to watch it. Yeah, Andor. I gotta see Andor. I think the, the thing is, I, I don't know. Ninety percent of what Disney does now is cannibalizing itself. Oh my god! Yeah. It's it's just its own thing, or it's Marvel. And Marvel, you know, I'm just I'm pretty sick of it. I don't watch. I haven't. Like I said, I didn't watch Andor, but I need to because I heard it was very good. But that's kind of where I've been with this stuff, where it's like I'm just generally exhausted by it but if you're into star wars i would still say this is probably going to be very good you know like if you still have that energy mm-hmm. to consume all the goddamn star wars in the world um you know again i i think they tend to nail it for the tv shows i i think there's something about star wars 
it's weird because you know the, the the original movies were good, but there's something about the TV format and Star Wars that they seem to have figured out like the pacing and groove of again for the most maybe part. this I would argue the Obi Wan series was was kind of a problem this new mandalorian season is a hot mess oh no really jack black and lizzo are married uh and christopher lloyd yeah you think so uh but christopher lloyd is the guy on the planet who is uh the whole thing is just a, a mess it's just a mess it's like a hot mess some of it's like fun some of it's good but like there's no plot like there's no there's actually they they have no plot this season it's just side quests and there's no overarching well, momentum see i like that so that's kind of what i liked about mando was that it was yeah. it was just like a procedural like it was you know like every week was kind of like a new case right, it yeah. Was like Star Trek. yeah i guess i mean yes and grogu is very cute it's just like this has an aimlessness to it where it's just like feels like where are they going with it but that being said, I think, yeah, I think that there's some things that are just lend themselves better to TV projects, if only because different people can take over different slices of the universe. And it's not right, like the movies, a- like where they have to feel like they're one cohesive like vision. So they exactly. get, they take the like uh, directors that they got and sideline them. Like the TV. There's a quaintness, yeah. a quaintness to it that works towards in their favor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've realized that, mm-hmm. but I think it works really well that way. Yeah. I mean, look, I really like the MCU TV shows like that. That whole generation of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage at that first season, Jessica Jones. Oh, baller. I fucking love those. Those are my favorite Marvel content, period. I that's the one thing I should say about Marvel that I'm still charged up about is the new Daredevil stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I am right there. I am ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. You know, it's removed. That's the thing is it's like it, they I mean, obviously now they're shoving it in there. But I liked that it was, again, quaint, smaller scale. And I, I really like the Hawkeye uh, show, too. Like, I just, again, TV tends to, when it scales it down and focuses on the characters, it's just I can breathe a little more and I enjoy it. Oh, the characters a, can uh, breathe. Like, the characters better, have, like, art. It's a better arcs. story, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, we, we're, we're, two, we're two trailers in. Let's so, keep going. Let's talk to about this A24 uh, horror movie. Talk to me. Mm. Um, I just want to know. Okay, trailers. I we all know the the ha ha ha, 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 ha. that all the horror trailers are doing it now. You can stop. We we yeah. we know you're doing it. You can stop doing right. it. It's the slowed down pop song of 2020. Yeah, we're we're done with that. It's the new uh, camera noise shutter like wind up sound from horror yep. movies last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the Texas Chainsaw thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We're all we're all set with that. That has nothing to do with the quality of this film, which appears to be flatliners but demons. Yeah. Also, um, also Ouija. It's Ouija, just, yeah, it's, it's just, got a bit of Ouija, Ouija in it because that's like Ouija is literally flatliners with demons. I just, oh, Ouija Origin of Evil is actually not it's bad. It's a good movie because it's Mike Flanagan. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this, this could be a good movie. I I see no reason to think this might this. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell with this trailer, but A24 tends to be good about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, know, I know you guys are saying it like an uptick because you guys don't like Ari Aster, but I have tickets for IMAX. Bo is afraid tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go see with Lonnie. I, enjoy I your, enjoy your I'm just, three and a half hours in the theater. It's three hours and it's his Jewish Lord of the Rings and I am very looking forward <laughs> to it. That's what he calls it. I think it's 
guys. Okay, so all I, right. Well, now I need to see it. Okay, now I'll see it. Now I'll yeah, see it. I, I'm gonna see it. I I like Hereditary. I I'm a I'm a fan of that movie. It's very scary. I I thought what's it called was funny. Midsummer. Midsummer. It is. It's supposed yeah. to be. Midsummer. That's the thing. It's it's a comedy. People don't realize that. It yeah. is. Uh, no, it, I, and it is. It I, is a comedy. I laughed. I disagree. I think At, I think I think Midsummer is trying to be scary. Uh, not that the, I mean, the third act he's like come out and said is like a dark comedy. It is like, it is supposed to be played for laughs, but it's like an uncomfortable laugh. And his short films, which is what got him hereditary is, is they're great. They're like really, really good. And I can, you can see why someone like him would have just gotten Tony Collette for their debut feature and gotten A24 mm. interested. That being said, this movie, did you guys realize it was Australian until you saw that dead kangaroo? I know it was <laughs> gross. I, when they, I was like, ew, Australians. No, they, um. <laughs> we get a lot of Australian listeners, I believe. So hello, um, and I'm sorry. Yeah, the kangaroo. I realized um, what an unsettling thing to see in a horror movie. Yeah, but yeah. if you're in Australia, that's like seeing a pigeon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just they're just everywhere there. I mean, um, I want to yeah. note that speaking of them being Australian, the both directors of this worked on the Babadook. Good. Not anything. They were like in the electrical department and stuff, but they seem to have you know ties to um what's her name jennifer kent yeah, that's that's her? yeah and yep. so that alone makes me go oh yeah oh you yeah. know like all right well now she's I'm, amazing now i'm more interested this trailer didn't do anything for me like this, the, this same trailer here. for it, me it was for extremely me. derivative like the i the premise every shot we see in the trailer it's just like stuff that i've seen in every other flatliners slash ouija type movie um mm-hmm. but maybe I mean, you know, I also was really buoyed by Pearl. Like, I didn't love uh, X that much, but I really love Pearl. Like, I, same, I, yeah. I yeah, thought X I was fine, it. but Pearl rules. Pearl, I haven't so. seen Pearl yet. Oh, dude, and you I gotta should, watch Pearl. I, it's true I the movie. I see Pearl, because X was like, when they were like, we're making like an X cinematic universe, I was like, fucking why? Um, and I, I, I'll see Pearl, I just haven't gotten around to it. I made a, um, I made Ty West cry once, basically, while he would, yeah. Good. Well, freaking him out from when we were driving home once trying to find my friend's place in Eagle Rock and we got very lost and it was really late at night, very scary. And I just kind of was like freaking out about it. I like to think there's parts of Pearl that were inspired by uh, uh, his experience <laughs> with me. Like that's how Drew, I have to think yeah. about it. Drew, let me tell you, I can see it. Yeah, right? There's a few well, scenes in Pearl where I'm no like, spoilers. now that I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that could no be spoil- true. No spoilers. <laughs> I, want you guys, I want you guys to know one of the writers of this movie did a bunch of Australian kids shows. Oh, that sure. makes sense. Um, Doodles, creator of Doodles, whatever that fucking <laughs> oh, is. I've heard of Doodles. Doodles, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Bluey, executive producer of yep, Bluey. I've Bluey, actually yeah. heard of Bluey. Yep. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. You're I, like, the, the plot is whatever, but I do think there's certain elements like the, the stupid hand. Uh, I think it's really cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a cool little device, like this little hand statue. Um, I think this might be visually very good. It's also 90 minutes, and I appreciate that. About oh, that's, it. Well, that's good, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, well, I think it looks good. I, I, plot aside, I just, I think they, I think this person might be, um, like that shot, that like reverse shot of the blurry face mm-hmm. when she's talking to, like that looks, that looks fucking creepy. So I don't know. I, I think there's something here. Hard um, to tell. It's hard to tell. You know, Even like the that, Dungeons. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Drew. As we say, the Dungeons and Dragons trailer really sucked, and that movie turned out to be awesome. So, like, it's yeah, really hard to tell. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't think the trailer sucked. It was very Marvel, which I was happy yes. to to when we saw D and D that it was not Marvel. 
Yeah, I, think I, I mean, it was similar, but it wasn't exactly that tone. I think you guys nailed yeah. it, like, uh, in the podcast. But also, like, you know, Lon's reaction to the trailer was, like, very much like, oh, it's one of these. Well, this happened. Like, yeah. well, you know, like, that uh, was the first bl- trailer. And I wasn't sold until I realized it was game night, guys. And I was like, oh, it's probably just a bad edit of a trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to edit it to look like a Marvel movie. Um, now. Uh, well, but what I was going to say was I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. well. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about, this we're talking about the trailer and the hand, the hand. And it visually looking oh, right. good. Yes. I think you're... The, the shot, the shot where she, where she sees her dead mother and she's not quite in focus. That's tigers are not afraid. Oh. You're right. Ooh. I was thinking this is like, like the new evil dead, which I, I actually don't want to see cause it looks too scary. Like that new I'm evil so fucking I'm excited so for the new evil dead. It's too scary looking. That's a film. They understand the assignment where they're like, okay, let, let's be fucked it's up. It's too I had scary. That, I had that feeling with the original remake, the yeah. Fede Alvarez one, where I saw the trailer. I was like, I don't fucking know if I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. It looks intense yeah. as shit. And guess I what? It's all through. I, I rewatched that original remake and like, it's funny because of this is the most obvious thing. It's good. It's no, it's no Sam Raimi Evil Dead, which like fucking of course it's not. Of course it's not. But like I, it is better than I had remembered. Um, it's so hard, man. It's they're, so hardcore. They're making, they're making an Evil Dead remake, and it's like you'll never be, you'll never be Evil Dead. Well, they're not trying to. You're, you're coming damn close, and they're having a lot of fun. I don't. I, I'm. Do you know that I'm that movie psyched. Do you know that that uh, Evil Dead remake used the most amount of uh, fake blood in any movie? ever which is like pretty oh, yeah. hard to do because of the I, shining had gallons it like the <laughs> shining made a town go red with like fucking I think, food dye i appreciate well, even, how they torture their actors to make yeah. that because that's evil dead right mm-hmm. there even even beyond the shining i think dead alive slash brain dead had that record for a while yeah, mm. the, yeah the so this, jackson one so he didn't go out to be like i'm gonna be sam raimi he came out to be like uh, uh Fetty alvarez was like i'm gonna put more blood movie than anyone's right. ever put in a movie before right because like the, what's, what's the blood oh. Oh, i was gonna say i don't care about the blood what gets it for me is stuff like the nail gun oh god i can't and like where they're like we're gonna we're gonna stick the knife and twist it in these uh very awful ways which to me that's like mm, yeah you get it well it, it really <laughs> yeah, sets the yeah. tone it really sets the tone that like it's a different kind of movie because it's like no this is about a brother and sister and one of whom is a junkie and it's like whoa whoa what and you're like yeah yeah it's one of those the, one of those kind of movies they also play a good game of like a shell game of who's going to be Ash. Yeah. Which the first Evil Dead does that whether or not you'd realize it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Luke Taylor Pucci in that. He's the one who taught me that if you run out of blood, you should drink water with sugar in it. Like you're uh, what's his name from oh, Men yeah. in Black. That's how I always yeah. know. Drink water with sugar if you lose too much mm-hmm. blood. Thank you, movie. Tom, you had something. Sorry. Yes. I was going to say that the Evil Dead remake. And it looks like this new one too, sort of lean into that idea where the blood and gore, but not just the blood and gore. It's the how can we twist the knife in a yeah. way yes. that's like, like devilishly clever. Children, um, children. Whereas uh, the the cheese grater. Oh God! Yeah. Um, I'm so whereas, excited. They're not the first people to do that, but boy, no, it looks but like it's man. Be great. Uh, whereas the original Evil Dead is less about the gore because of their limited budget even though there's obviously there's a ton of gore in the same movie evil dead it's more about how he shoots it in that in the weird ass kinetic right there it's like they know not to do that also yeah. i like that they're being serious yeah the first evil dead obviously was serious but i'm glad serious, they're not yeah. i'm i'm glad they're leaning into that we should talk about a trailer that's oh. on our list though yeah um oh, oh yeah so, sorry 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, that is coming out. There are trailers for that too, so this is relevant. Yeah, this let's is all keep hype. moving. Let's yeah. keep moving. But we got we got several more trailers, including Fool's Paradise. Oh, this is uh, yes. directed by, uh, written by, and starring Charlie Day. Yes. Uh, it's about like a, a like I don't know what it takes place. It seems to be like a silent film actor. It's about a guy who's like. <laughs> in a mental institution and very funny bit where they're like, yeah, we, we have no budget. So we're just throwing him on the streets. And then he's confused for an actor and he seems to be um, like filling in for that actor and becomes famous. It just feels very like seventies to nineties in terms of the premise. Oh no, I think it's supposed um, to take place now, but it's supposed to harken oh, no, back I mean, on Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. I mean, the it's, type it's of movie. It's extremely Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing yes. a tramp. <laughs> But I mean the type of movie, like the, the seeing this movie, like the I I feel like modern comedy. We've had sort of an issue with modern comedy, right? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> where it's all just sort of like I, I feel like there's like twenty comedies of just let's go on a vacation. Like they're all kind of the same. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, and um, they're all mafia mamas. Right, <laughs> they're all actually mafia mommy mamas looks great to me yeah that, that and the jennifer lawrence one where she's uh screwing a kid to get a used car that is from- <laughs> one of the worst trailers yeah. i have ever seen in my but life you know it's wild. props to her <laughs> comedy has been in a it's it's there's been a bit of an issue with yeah. comedy lately yep. and this made me go like oh fuck yes because this feels like something like being there mm-hmm. like this feels like like a, a movie that yeah you just they haven't made them like this I- and it's got a killer cast. I'm so glad that there's an ensemble comedy that's not like a David O. Russell movie or like, right. you know, like this just feels like, yeah, like everyone got together. Ken Jong already tweeted like this is the most uh, like exciting like thing I've ever done with my career. It's the most fun I've ever had, like shooting something. And you're like, yeah, and you're like, yeah, take that Todd Phillips. Um, it looks <laughs> Did we say yeah. what the movie was where it's Charlie Day accident as like a, a, yeah. a guy who can't yeah. speak, but he's not exactly different mute. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. basically, yeah, he's Charlie Chaplin's tramp character, which is like perfect for him because I love Charlie Day and I love his voice. And I think it's so weird and funny. And like, I can't wait to see Super Mario, which I haven't seen yet. But like, I think Charlie Day without the voice is kind of like more probably like just shows off a bigger range because once you yeah, hear his voice, good, it's so yeah, notable. he's a great visual actor. Be- mm-hmm. believe, uh, believe it or not, he did Chaplin in man. What was it? it was either it was either Friends with Benefits or Friends with Benefits. No Strings Attached. There was there were two comedies that came yeah, out yeah. at the same time that were there was one that had Justin Timberlake and. Uh, Mila Kunis, Kunis. that's one's friends with benefits because they're not friends and then the one with Ashton's yeah no strings attached with Ashton and Natalie Portman oh wait and then okay I'm thinking I think I think I'm I'm thinking of a third one (laughs) which is Justin Long and Drew Barrymore called Going the Distance see this is the problem with comedy oh my god (laughs) right here this is why Game Night is the only good movie that's comedy that's come out the past 20 years correct that's why it's Game Night Uh, okay so it is it is going the distance Charlie Day is is a supporting character in that movie and there's a Halloween party or a costume party and he dresses up as Charlie Chaplin and does a whole thing as Charlie Chaplin in that movie oh that's great yeah you can just tell this movie is gonna be the moment I saw it I just got so happy because like yeah this spoke to me like it looks fucking great. It looks well, did, great. Did, it's, did we say he gets swept up into the movie industry? Did we say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, did. Okay, we I'm did. sorry. Oh. And the cast, it's got Jason Bateman. Jason uh, Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> uh, it's got Ray Liotta, Adrian Prody, fucking Kate, uh, Kate Beckinsale, John Malkovich. Eddie I've, Falco. Apparently Dean Norris, Eddie Falco. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Simpson in there. I, yeah. Glenn Howerton. Common. 
It's just oh, like, my yeah. fucking God. God what no. a, and it it's almost looks Coen Brothers-esque yes. in that everybody's doing like a kind of a character that's very unique. This is just one of those things where I'm like, I'm, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch my 10th Charlie Day film. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, okay, let's keep going. This looks already just from the trailer. I don't want to I'm jinx excited. it. I don't want to jinx it, but like Charlie Day is like one of the least problematic men I can like think of. So like his vision of like what he wants to do here is like brilliant. I will watch anything where he just shuts up and like does some physical comedy and lets everyone else sort of act act around him he's obviously really good and i just think that he's i just think he's always been one of my favorite like people that have been in the you know like sort of on the sidelines of stardom that ever oh, yeah. no, like he's, yeah give it to him he's very very funny um mm-hmm. so. yes and him as a director like yes like yeah, that, I'm that, excited. that that clicked yeah. that clicked yeah, in my brain to me. yeah give it all um all right let's let's talk about this next trailer muppets mayhem this oh, is a um man What's his name? Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth and, and the uh, Electric Mayhem. And the Electric Mayhem. This is like a behind the music for that. I just hope it's Lords of Chaos. I hope uh, Animal <laughs> blows his brains out and Dr. Teeth takes a picture for his album cover. Can I ask you guys heroin, a question? Lots of heroin. Can I ask you guys a question? Like, who, are those all musicians? In the, I don't know. Who, this a, is the problem a, with this kind of thing. There's <laughs> a good deal of musician cameos in the trailer, yeah. I couldn't tell who was a musician and who was an act. Like, is the main girl like a, a main like woman I that's a human? I did not. The okay. So the the premise is is that Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem they're doing like a VH1 special where every, all these different artists are talking about how much of an influence that band was. But then they reveal, oh, they never actually recorded an album. So then the movie portion starts where there's this uh, re- record company agent who is trying to get. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem to re- finally record an album. So that's the character you're speaking of. I do I do not recognize that actress. I thought it so. was AOC. Yeah. I like, literally a, thought um, it was AOC. <laughs> it could be. Here's the thing. Well, first of all, it's a it's it's a TV show. But second of all, if, oh, yeah. if the Muppets calls you, you 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 pick up. Oh right? boy, you like, pick up. They could have <laughs> anybody they want. That's it's like Scorsese. Well, and it's, it's like being a Muppets film. It's like absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we fuck, we mentioned we mentioned earlier that Jack Black and Lizzo were on the Mandalorian. It's the same thing with Mandalorian and Star Wars right. TV shows because like yeah they're they're shooting in like fucking I don't know Redondo Beach or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like yeah. right there in L.A. You don't have to go that far. It's a day of shooting and you get to be in a Star Wars. And it's the same thing with Muppets. It's like, hey, we're filming in L.A. You drive a little bit. We shoot for one or two days. You get to be in the Muppets. Like, who's going to say no to that? Yeah. I'm trying to look at uh, who is in the Muppets currently. Do you know Dave Coulier is in the Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem? Like, as the musical group, he is one Weird. of them. Yeah, right? Yeah, that makes sense. What? I mean, he always what? did pup- He always did puppet shit. Yeah, honestly, the most surprising person to show up in this is Kevin Smith. Where I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing a, in this, Kevin a Smith?" Great gag I'm, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to see you. Happy to see you. Not complaining. Weird, weird that you're in this. Wait, wait, um, wait, guys! I have a weird fact about them uh, that's like apparently true. This is on Wikipedia. Uh, the Muppet Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem made their debut in 1975's The Muppet Show: Colon Sex and Violence, the pilot nice. for The Muppet Show. It's called Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. Sex all and about violence. that sex and violence. Oh yeah, watch <laughs> the if you watch the old Muppet Show episodes. Have you ever watched them? Yeah, yo, yo, yes, recently. Oh, fact. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, they're a little. Uh, listeners might not realize the the Muppet Show started out a, a little more for adults. 
It's like an yeah. SNL. Like it was like yeah. their late night variety show, and they they did these little skits behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of them, I I know that they were good because as a kid, I would watch them and be like, I don't get it. And my parents would be like, When you're older, like the whole dynamic between Miss <laughs> Piggy and and Kermit is like a very yeah. I feel like twenty you know progressive twenty first century. Uh, I just can't wait for the commentary that's like, oh, they made the Muppets woke, and it's like, no, no, that was just always Miss Piggy. <laughs> mm. Hi, yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen. Then someone will make an anti-woke <laughs> puppet show. Meet the Feebles. Can't wait for that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Meet the Feebles. Oh, that's a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on Muppet Mayhem? No, it looks like fun. It does. It does look like fun. Well, let's let's wait. talk about this next one, The Mother. This is Ooh. with uh, J-Lo. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's a mother. It's kind of long kiss goodnight without the amnesia. She, her, she gives her daughter away because she's like... Um, you know, assassin. murder person. She's a John Wick. Yeah, that's that's the word for it, not murder person. Murder person um, is also and, uh Years later, she, her daughter's in danger. She has to pick her up. It looks fun. There's a lot of like mother-daughter shit where the daughter doesn't know her. And that, honestly, they, looks like they're going to be doing bits. That'll be fun. Do you know what it uh, is? There's... Do you know what it is, Dave? What is it? It is part of the new J- J-Lo CU, which is, Ooh. it is... Second Chance starts with Second Chance, the movie where she's trying to become famous, but she's working at a grocery store, right? Then right. we have Marry Me, where she's a, a famous singer, and Owen okay. Wilson like is holding up a sign that says "Marry Me," and then she does this like stunt wedding to like stay relevant. Then there's Shotgun Wedding, the next one where she is getting red, uh, married to Loki uh, Oliphant. What's his name? Josh Jamal. Josh and, Jamal, yeah. And during her wedding, uh, like uh, people attack, and she has to get a gun, and she becomes good at guns. And now this movie picks up a couple like years after that where they've had a kid and she's like you know she's now gone rogue as like a she's been burn noticed or whatever by the fbi and now she's gonna go and try to full circle not be famous anymore she has to go undercover okay. so that's this is jlo see you i wrote it down. probably works <laughs> where does her. money train yeah. fit into it I don't it's, know. It, it holds the whole thing together. Where does Where? Made in Manhattan fit into it? Where mm. does Gigi fit into it? Gigli. What about the cell? Gigli. <laughs> well, I mean, the cell is obvious. She's in the FBI in that one, so that's obviously between Shotgun Wedding and Mother. Oh, that's oh, fair. true. Yeah. Accurate. This is, I, I don't know, there's a lot of action going on these days. This kind of will fall through the cracks for me, probably, because uh, it's like going to Netflix. Who knows if I'll actually see this. I just, I, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the unironic ski fight. This is unironic snowmobile gunfight. And so I'm just happy to see well, action tropes done unironically. Yeah. Uh, like dumb 90s ones. And so that alone makes me go, yes, go movie. And I think, oh, sorry, Drew. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, I think J-Lo is a good pick for a John Wick type mm-hmm. movie. Like yeah, I was gonna say she's um, a good Pedro Pascal. Like she's a like it almost seems like this is like her Pedro Pascal like mom to like yeah, a, it's a little bit of Amanda, yeah. a little bit of like lone she, wolf and call lone wolf and just, cub. Um, yeah, she just generally makes good movies for the most part. Like whenever I see a movie with her in it, I tend to like that movie. Mind you, I haven't seen that many, but like you know, fucking the cell. I like the cell. I love Anaconda. the cell. I like out Anaconda is great. Anaconda. You, you know yeah. what? I think that I would watch a movie that was directed by Ben Affleck and starring her. This almost has that kind of vibe. It's it's too much of an action movie to be a Ben Affleck directed film, but like right. if he'd made decide to make the next Argo or the next Air and have it star his wife, I'd watch it. Like if they made Jiggly like remade it like next year, I'd watch it. Has she has she had a chance to like really 
do an acting type role because I feel mm. like she hasn't, but I also out of sight. she out of it's sight. hard to. Yeah, I mean, she's very good in that. Didn't she get a? Oh no, wait, or or did she not? And that was like a controversy. I thought she Hustlers. had gotten a, a nomination for Hustlers. Right. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Written by. I've seen Hustlers. Directed by Bo Burnham's wife, girlfriend, fiance, something like that. That's who. That's who made that movie. Okay, this is this movie is the director of the uh, of Whale Rider. What? Yeah. No. And the zookeeper's wife. Uh, and then, yeah, she's done like she. Ha- I don't think she's done action, which also makes me excited. Well, she did Mulan. Uh, she did the new Mulan, didn't she? Uh, oh shit! You're right. I didn't even see that. Okay, good for her. Whale Rider is a crazy movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it. Do um, they ride whales? Nope. Not really. Fuck. Okay, never mind then. To follow up, uh, she got a lot of attention and a lot of different critics' uh, nominations and awards, but did not get any attention from the Academy for got Hustlers. Uh, I still um, need to see it, but that makes me want to watch it more. Look, I think that uh, I think the Whale Rider thing almost doesn't sell me on it because I didn't actually love it. When I say it's crazy, what I mean is it's almost like Taika Waititi without the jokes. Um, it's, it's not <laughs> very fun. It's a very much a drama, but I'm not a drama person. Well, that's 2002. Yeah. It's, a, like this, it's an old this, movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Mulan wasn't. I, mean, I liked that they I liked hired her. Mulan, I I completely forgot it existed, but I liked it. I think that it's cool because I like the idea. That's also like Hannah, like that that movie. Uh, yeah, I love Hannah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, I like the girl and her blank, her parental figure off in the woods somewhere. It kind of seems like she's like J Lo's like doing that Key and Peele sketch where she's uh off in the woods and they like come her back, they bring her back for like one last. Thing, right. you know like she's and been he keeps burned. accidentally killing the general yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh my big god oh sorry go on i was gonna say i like gabriel garcia bernal and i like that it's um peter stormare looks like as the two bad yes. guys uh joseph fines actually no but yeah, yes yeah but the, i was i was Same gonna difference. i was gonna say the two villains joseph fines and gal garcia bernal are uh that's pretty good picks for villains i'm interested in that yeah here's my my one note for this is i feel like i've seen this premise like 50 times you know it's a trope Uh, or some variation it's a trope she's sarah connor she's literally sarah connor in this she's just like but it's all it's everything it's it's oh oh you're living in a cabin in, in the snowy woods you know it's that stuff i yeah exactly who cares that doesn't mean it won't be good it's just the it's a hard what it is to me is like it's hard to make a movie like this uh even if it's good and then have it like stand out you know that's Um, true yeah it's it has to be in action like um because like earlier we pointed out that uh um the talk to me trailer is is just a bunch of horror tropes and we kind of treated that as a negative thing whereas in in an action movie like this we're like well who cares and that's because an action movie really depends more on how it's executed well i mean horror movies do too but like as long as like the stunts are cool and the action is cool and like well choreographed and well staged and it doesn't look like shit and it's not all digital you know it's like then it's it's not yeah it's not an exact science this is this is a minor neither is horror but yeah i think it's also just more of a horror snob i see through that stuff a lot easier i feel like the story is more important in horror at least the mood and narrative is more important whereas the story to an action movie for the most part, to me, in, in order to succeed as an action movie, it really just needs to be like the storyline to a wrestling match. Because as right. long as what's happening in the ring is cool, I'm fine. Yeah, you're right. You, you know because what? also... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go on. I was going to say, that the, well, this 
I think what what Hypecast truly is is we're like dissecting how good the trailer like story is. For sure, like, that's true. Yeah, and those are always made by somebody else. <laughs> like the person who directed Marketing the movie groups, did not. Yeah, yeah, they did not direct the trailer, and trailer directing uh, is its own art form. Like I truly believe that. I truly yeah. believe that. Um, I, w- I I always wonder if we need like a standing disclaimer about the show. Nothing we say really does reflect whether or not these movies will be good. Usually, like it, it's it's. Uh, I it feel is like, a show uh, like uh, we I mean stuff like Marvel and stuff where we sort of know the patterns and stuff um but movies like this it's always hard to tell you know they I feel like we so make, much. I feel like we verbalize that that like caveat a lot all the time all the fucking time well, I think yeah. I think it, it matters to this one because it, they front load so much at the beginning of this trailer that I literally was like is this a sequel to something they're like you know right. how you've been burned by the FBI but you have this kid and remember that husband and like he went to the mafia and now we can't protect you and I was like I'm sorry like do what who is she like I thought that right. this was literally a sequel to something that I had not seen before or like heard, heard about mm. but like yeah but the thing is they didn't need any of that because like you said it's a trope they didn't need yeah. to include any of that information. Just show her, like, showing up with a kid. We don't need to know that, like, ah, you were part of the FBI and tortured people, but now you don't do that anymore, but we can't protect. Like, there's no need for any of that information in, like, an initial trailer. Just show yeah, us the sure. action. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's good. Uh, you know what I haven't seen before? Mm-hmm. What's that? Drops of God. Oh, my God. The, I am so the into next this. Show. That, yeah, this is based off a of manga, so it is a. It's funny because it feels like it's based off a of manga. Does that make sense? Where it's such a weird premise that I'm like, of course, uh, it's like wine fight. It's it's two. It's a it's a woman fighting for her right uh, to own her her deceased father's wine collection. But she's like fighting wine. against another another wine snob, and it's just a wine off where they have to like taste the wine and like no, and it looks. It's so silly, and I love it. It's like a succession, but with wine. But also, there might be like a supernatural element. I mean, I know a lot of anime. There's some very famous like, animes where it's just like li- literally cooking competitions. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I didn't get a supernatural bent from it. All I got from it, well, it appears that it's two protégés of some like expert sommelier or something, and they're sort of pitting them against each other. It's this, I think, French lady and this Japanese man. Well, it's the daughter. It's his I daughter think, yeah. and like his a Japanese daughter. guy okay. and his protégé. I think it's like... I think it's like wine Sherlock Holmes and they're visualizing it uh-huh. where it's like when she smells the wine, she goes into like they do this thing where she like goes into another world. Which is very and I don't think that's supernatural. I think it's like internal. Yeah, it's it's this is coming on Apple TV. It looks uh, great. It looks great. It seems it, it yeah, does look this, great. This it looks might, really intense. Like it looks like a good thriller. Yeah. Right. I might dust off the old Apple TV for this one because I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, I This just. I haven't seen anything like this before. And yeah. You know, it's really cool to visualize ma- manga and anime stuff. A, a subject I'm going to talk about as if I'm an expert. When really I thought anime was so dorky until like last year when I got into Pokemon, and then oh, I it's, still, right. it's, it's true. It's still dorky as hell. I don't know, but, yeah. man. Like now I get it because I'm like I watched Attack on <laughs> Titan. I'm reading the manga of Attack on Titan, and I'm just like. Hell yeah, like, no, these are adult themes. This is, like, the Andor of, like, anime. And there is, like, this trope that I don't really love in anime, which, like, their obsession of showcasing people, like, eating and, like, going to, like, transcendental, almost, like, horny places with food, where it's, like, oh, like, you know, the nose starts to bleed and everything flies off. Anime is horny? Yeah, anime I don't know about that. I don't know about that, yeah. (laughs) Food horny. The food horny, which is my favorite kind. Yeah, no... Anime, the, it's the thing is, it's always it, it's always something I haven't seen before. That's why I like it, and that's maybe because I don't watch that much. Um, but whenever I do, 
it's just so fucking creative yeah. you know yeah um, yes yeah and i'm sure if you're into the genre you'll probably be less impressed with certain things that i'm impressed with but it's cool but, to see it visualized like live action style like that's yeah. really cool to watch how they would visualize what I'm sure like I can almost picture it in the manga is just like, yeah, like that. I guess you're right. Not uh, supernatural, but sort of like a what do you call it? Like the postmodern magical realism kind of thing where it's just like they're transported in some way. And there probably will be this like element of like their worlds, their like internal worlds interacting or having some sort of fight near the end. And I think that's very yeah. cool. Um but like seeing it done, done live action does make it seem like, oh, wow, what is the show? It's really yeah. cool. This and Fool's Paradise I'm most excited for. Drops of God, Fool's Paradise. If you're going to watch any trailers from this podcast, those two are the ones that stick out to me. You heard it here, Same. folks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're not done with trailers. We're not. We, we, got more, more. we got one more. I, I almost didn't put this on. One more I, I, beef squatch to lay on this yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I almost didn't include the new indiana jones and the dial of destiny trailer where i do believe he's going to go back in time to the older films is what it looks like to me because sure? the dial is uh, the dial is a time traveling device is it not oh That's shit i don't the... think i've seen a new i don't think i've watched this newest trailer assuming that i had watched it already oh no okay they mm, they're uh, so yes. the funniest line is um uh when mad says uh what does he say like hitler got some stuff wrong <laughs> And I'm like, did he now? Um, but he's like a he's like well, a Nazi. See, Mads, he's like a better Mads Nazi. Mickelson is playing a Nazi in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. It's just a funny statement. And right, a better, that's all. A Nazi um, that's better got than some most things wrong. <laughs> Nazi that's better um, than Ben Shapiro or like a lot yeah. of people that are on the modern right. I liked in the last trailer anyway. I really liked when he shows up and he's wearing a pilot's outfit and he's like, fasten your seatbelts or something. Like Mads Mickelson is, and I'm uh, like, oh, yeah. did he change into a little outfit so he could become like? Damn right, he did. Yeah. I love that. Uh, but I'm getting vibes. I'm getting let's pour on the nostalgia vibes. Oh, you think? From this. I'm really, because the dial, they're basically like, they were going to go back in time and, and make the Nazis win again. That's the idea. So oh. it's like, great. Oh. So we're, it's so, it's just so stagnant. Like we didn't need the last Indiana Jones before this. And we certainly don't need this one. So I, I just, I firmly believe this is one where it's like, just leave it the fuck alone. But since they're making a new one, they're they're gonna bravely do nothing new with it. I I, I believe. Oh, I don't know. This. If that's really the concept of this, like the idea of like what this okay implies. So bear with me here. If he's going back in time and he's running into the old Indiana Jones, and that's why we have the de-aged uh, Indy in all these trailers, implies that like Indiana Jones, he has to then hide from himself so he doesn't know that he met himself, yes. which implies like a time gonna, crime. They're gonna like, end game. It's end game. What it's a, Endgame or Back to the Future 2. Or Time Crimes, um, where you have to convince your former self that it didn't see what it saw, and that's the only way you can make time travel work. It's like if you right, convince if yourself. If he goes back in time and kills him, his younger self, then I'm into it. Or like you have to shift the perspective. So you thought you, like almost like uh, 12 Monkeys. So you thought you saw one thing when you were a kid, but like when it actually plays out, like you realize that you tricked yourself or like there was some sort of. Right. Yeah, I really like that concept. Uh, and I like Fleabag. I'm not going to lie. I really like yeah, uh, Fleabag. I like Fleabag. Sure. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be that. I think uh, this is the director of Logan, right? Writer, director? It's James yeah. Mangold. James Mangold. Yeah. It, he, just going off of Logan, has a very good talent of repackaging something we've already seen before yeah. in a way that people feel excited for, uh, just based off Logan. Well, he also did Wolverine. So, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also um, did like 310 to Yuma and Walk the... Like, he's done good movies. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. I, uh, uh, I, I, I would rather him go back and do those movies or do like original movies because this feels. I'm just getting that vibe of nostalgic victory lap. I'm into, you know what I mean? I'm into it. I, you know, James Mangold, we did a, on my ultra cinema bias, we did a Mangold in Age of Cinema where we went over all his <laughs> movie. We also did the John Patrick Shanley songs, but uh, yeah, specifically with Mangold. I mean, he also did Night and Day. He did Kate and Leopold. He did Girl Interrupted. Like he's done he so He does many- good things yeah. and he does things that I don't like as well. And so like, I'm just, in terms of which one this is going to be, I, I, I just... This gives me icky vibes Dave, in general. Dave, bad it, news. It's He's doing a Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much done with Star Wars, too, for this reason. It just It's like Terminator Genesis. You know what I mean? It's giving you those vibes mm-hmm. where it's like, we're going to go back and relive the moments because that's what you want. That's what you and wanted people to are gonna, see. Yeah, and people are going to fucking love it. Oh, They're going to fucking love when he goes back and he, he has to... Has to the, the it ball will go yeah, after yeah, him yeah, again. Yeah. It or turns like out he's, he's the one that... that ransacked yes. uh the lady's room and last exactly. crusade exactly yes. they're gonna it's it's gonna be that shit and i everybody's gonna slop it up and love it slop it up and i just can't stand it <laughs> tom uh that's called mm-hmm. doing a time crimes that's a time crimes when you time crimes like, yeah. oh okay it's a it's a movie Look, if this ends with indiana jones going to time jail mm-hmm. then i will be singing a different tune time prison you know? and then oh, have you guys not, the, not seen time crimes going, going to the time gas chamber <laughs> oh no it's a, this is a title of a movie i'm referencing not like the concept of a time crime but like literally the movie it's a mexican movie called time crimes by nacho vigolando you guys have to see it if you haven't seen it it's right, really good yeah that i'm referencing like the trope of that film not an actual time if, crime i would love him to do a predestination if we're doing time travel movies mm-hmm. and like become his own grandfather mm-hmm. uh, oh my god that would also be fun i yeah that predestination i called that movie within the first five minutes and it's the proudest <laughs> i've ever been of picking up like a storyline before it happens that's pretty good sarah snook yeah this um it's a pretty good movie and now yeah. uh, i mean and now sarah, sarah snook has blown up yep mm-hmm. dramaturgically uh... yes <laughs> not not like in an explosion Right. Physically, though, she's pregnant, so like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is a body explosion. Uh, this, I mean, l- listen, maybe this will be good. I'm just very cynical about it. Um, it just feels like it's no. There's no reason to be excited for it. Like, yeah, it's doing all the stuff. Like, that we, we, I feel flags. like I'm already like, like I liked Crystal Skull, but I feel like I already Wait, have to like, yes, but I, that you're illustrating my point. I liked Crystal Skull, but I feel like I already have to make so many like conditional statements. Like, okay, I get that it's like not very good, and I get that this scene is bad, and this scene is bad, and this scene is bad, but I still enjoyed it. So, like, oh asking God. me to do that again, right? Fifteen well, years later is a tall task. Yeah, but like that's not, not even a though. Spielberg film. Like, I don't know. It's not like even a Spielberg him. film. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always the uh, a chance, the off chance we get um, Kehe Kwan in it if they're going back in time right and like they seem tight lately it feels like they they are gonna like desperately do reshoots a- after the oscars to, get him to cram it, yeah. them in yeah. yeah but again that's what it is to me is that it's like let's just we just want to please the fans everything like it's that's, the same fans course, too it's the same as star it's wars the, it's the same age i was about to say it's the it's the george lucas versus jj abrams like dilemma which is do we want the original creator to make it and possibly disappoint us or do we want a new person to make it the problem is the new person 
is also a fan and it's just a fan it's just gonna right? it's just gonna be flashcards that's why i love it's the last jedi music, yeah. or you know it's, no, and that's it's, why the answer is maybe just let's move on let's move you on know? let's move on yeah original ip like the game night of it all like, like just make a new thing just make right. a new comedy just make a new thing you don't need it not everything needs to be part of a fucking ip it, like i don't it get bums- it it bums me it's out that they're like risk averse. They only, only greenlight products that have some sort of brand recognition. That's so right. weird. Like just it, it just bums me out that like we used to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Like in my twenties, it wasn't like we were still like, no, don't make more, don't make a sequel. It was that question. Now it's like, of course there'll be a sequel. Of course they'll make more. And now we have to debate that. And it's and it's like. Uh, it just still goes back to that thing of like, will this be good? Will it won't? Who should make it? The answer is they never should make it. Uh, I, 90% of the time. I'd argue and that this to me is one where I'm like, I don't know why this exists. I'd argue there's a difference, a little bit of a difference between like the expanded universe concept and the nostalgia core concept. Right. Cause like, I love right. the idea that something like John Wick or Dungeons and Dragons can now expand into a TV show or like a streaming yes. series that takes place in the world, but doesn't exactly uh, deal with that main story. I like the idea of like a world expansion project, um, yes. even though it's been kind of tainted by the Marvel and Star Wars stuff of it all. I it's do think that, like the idea of it is very cool. Like the, the Morehead and Benson yeah. have done that with like um, Resolution, their first movie, and uh, The Endless are like companion films with the same characters, but you wouldn't realize it unless you're like watching very closely. And they have like a whole Google Doc of just like their own expanded universe of weird indie shit. And like, yeah, yeah more people cool. should do that. Like Flanagan kind of does that, I feel like, a little bit. Or like yeah. Brian Murphy, more maybe. A, more of a meta way, but yeah. Yeah. But like I love that. I like I wish that would happen more. Like, I don't know. When I was Well, that was in, that was the promise of Star Wars, and they just haven't done it. Yeah. When I was in the high school, yeah. I, it was just like this year, right? There was this year there was like the Royal Tenenbaums, Mulholland Drive, or it was like two year period, Amelie, like all these movies came out and it was it felt like we were like getting something exciting and new. Maybe that's my nostalgic like porn is like just the idea of like all these original things that were happening in like 2001, 2002. Like even like, uh, you know, being John Malkovich or like Eternal Sunshine or all these movies right. that felt so wholly unique in the world that they were giving us. Like this was just one person's worldview and they were so, you know, the memento of it all. And yeah, it's just kind of lame how everything's now been flattened. I think those movies are still coming out. It's just, I think, I think, I think oh, those movies are still coming out. Are. Yeah, yeah, now they're it's just, Well, no, I mean, now they're Skinnamarink <laughs> on Shutter. Like it's, yeah, it's just, it's just where we see them. I think is different. I yes. I maintain that movies are good and get better, and like especially indie films. Like and we're hard, we're getting yeah. a lot of great films. Um, this just doesn't feel like one of them to me. This is like I don't know, fucking if they made a. 80 year old Keanu Reeves doing John Wick and he goes back in time to like help himself. You mean old Bill films. and Ted? It's just like, what are <laughs> we even doing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but, yeah, uh, I like the idea too that I agree with you, Dave. I'm pretty, again, optimistic about this just because I also think our idea of what, what I hate this word content, but like what a story is can like be malleable and move to like a streaming series that isn't quite a show and not quite a movie. It's like three episodes long or something. Like, we've almost adopted this very British sort of, like, way of, like, thinking about things, which, you know, some things are just right. contained within a movie and then, like, a five-episode run that's, like, the Fargo TV show or something. Yeah. Um, and they're so it's good. Just, if it if it's going in theaters, and maybe this will change, right now they still have to put in Bet Big uh-huh. because there's no home video market. 
And so, like, it's for me, the cynicism, the exhaustion is about blockbusters, the movies that have to make billions of dollars worldwide um, or they don't get made. Yeah. And this feels like one of them where it's like it's just going to be very safe. It's going to be very packed full of nostalgia. It's going to be just catering to every whim of the fans. And I, I don't know why we're doing it. Just, well, I know why we're doing it, but it's not for something that interests me, I guess. You just bummed me out because now I just thought, well, the, the new equivalent is that like Netflix and Apple and all these streaming ser- like series and platforms are also trending in that direction. And that's kind of a bummer. Uh, yeah, I guess. I think they'll always have that ability to do like weird so, stuff. Yeah. Severance will always be a thing on Apple TV, but like, sure. you know, so will Ted Lasso and Netflix yeah. is going to cut all their animation, but like maybe you'll get like one or two cool shows out of it. Like the platforms are now ugh, kind of becoming homogenized as well. No way this bummer. Yeah. Uh, Bumcast. Welcome to Bumcast, uh, everybody. Bum-cast! See, this is why I didn't want to include Indiana Jones, because I was like, what the uh, fuck is the point? And we could have ended on Wine Fight. We could have ended on Wine Fight. We could have ended on Wine Fight. So let's end God. on this note, Dave, and okay. uh, let's maybe go into some news stories. Yes, but let's first thank some uh, 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 producers, starting with Deborah is awesome, Barbara is great, and Cancer can go to hell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Driftless Rope, Mabel's name, and the Witch's Book of Blood. Thank you. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. Thank you to Evil Ed 209. Thank you. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J, Mostly Comes Out at Night, Mostly. Thank you. Thank you to Glitterous, CFO of Michael Shannon's Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handfuls. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. All right, let me swoop in here. Thank you to Ombre Says, Mabel, Step on Me. Yes. Thank you to ImpossibleWorlds.net, the new quarterly anthology featuring works from creators like Michael Swaim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to James Cameron's Prolapse Locomotive. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you to Chris Shanovich. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Yeah. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick Chill. Thank you. Yes. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you. Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream in Space McNulty. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Let's uh, swoop right. into these stories, Dave. Stories. Uh, we, can, we can do this one pretty quick. Eli's, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving film. Yeah. It's just, it's got a November release date. I didn't even know that was getting made. Um, uh, I'm into it. Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I have a reason. I have a reason why not. Because, like, I don't know. Either be he, on the poster. He will either do the thing of, like, a commentary on, like, the pilgrim stuff in like our our colonialism history oh sorry that's my dogs or he won't do that and i don't know i feel like either way it's a trap like either it's a commentary film or it's not i'm not a huge eli roth fan but he's not hurting anybody you know so unless he is but like uh you know this this seems like a fun project for him but it's based on his uh grindhouse thing right it's his grindhouse trailer 100 percent. yeah and so i think he should just have fun i don't think it needs to be about anything um, I hope it's not. You know, I hope it's just I stupid. I can't imagine it would be. I've, yeah. yeah, you're right. Not with Eli Roth, but it feels like there's going to be a lot of blowback for it not being that, like not having a you know, because elevated horror and blah blah blah. Like I feel like 
if anyone wants to watch a Thanksgiving movie, they want to watch like an A24 movie about like, again, like, like critics, like or dorks like me. They want to watch something that's a commentary on like the horrors of what colonialism was. They don't yeah. want Eli Roth to just be going around like uh, he, stabbing people. He always comes close to saying something and never quite right. does. <laughs> well, I, would argue, I would argue he doesn't have good things to say. Nope. Usually. Because a weird pattern I noticed in his film is they all start with the premise of a group of quote unquote normal, it's usually all, it's white all guys, otherism, yeah. it's otherism. yeah, going to a place either the south or another country with weirdos, and then the weirdos actually being weirdos, well, and that's the whole thing. Is like don't travel. Except, that's his theme. Except <laughs> and for it's weird. Except for cab. Well, I know cabin fever had like some weird like cabin locals. fever. The south. I know. It's, it's don't go to the weird south. There's a bunch of weirdos there. To be fair, it's, though, it's vi- he's right. It's about the water. <laughs> it's about the water being bad. And like, you know, don't go to the South because you'll get infected with like a bacterial disease that's going to make you slap your yeah. sins. I, will, and it really- I, I, I do have to put my foot down. Cabin fever is about the implosion of the group. The, yes, uh, exactly. The, yeah. the, hillb- yeah. the hillbillies are almost incidental. Absolutely. Right. That's my but point. But it is funny that his, that movie is about, as you're saying, oh, if you go there, don't drink the water. Like, that's the most right, touristy yeah. thing to say. That, might, that like, movie gave, put me in the hospital once. I got to tell you that about this. That is the <laughs> only film to have ever put me in the hospital because I was having an allergic reaction when I first saw it, like a skin allergy. And watching that movie made me freak out. And when you freak out, your histamine ah. levels go up. And so I was like literally having a closed throat. My skin had broken out in these giant welts and I was like oozing and I was just watching this movie yeah, and it's it it causing this yeah, chain yeah. Re- re- reaction. And so when I told him this, we did like a panel together once. He was like, you know, that's based on something that happened to me because he'd grown up that's in the great. Netherlands. And yeah, he got some bacterial skin infection, had tried to shave and like his skin and his jaw just uh, came off. And he put it in the movie. In the movie that yeah. is, I like that movie, by the way. That's the thing is, uh, I don't know if he's intentionally doing that in his movies. It's just a weird pattern that keeps arising yeah. that I'm like, what's going on here, Eli Roth? Yeah. <laughs> you're not a, you're not a traveling type, are you? Nope. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. Speaking of horror, uh, the Scream 6 directors who also did, um, what did they call themselves something funny? Radio they Silence. Did Ready or Not. Radio, yeah. Radio yeah. Silence. Did ready or not? They're they're uh, they're doing a Universal monster movie. I speculated Dracula based on this article, uh, yeah. but you seem to have other views. Drew. Oh, well, we just have Dracula on a ship that's just got announced today. We have Renfield the Demeter. Yeah, that's actually been it's it's been in production for a while. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a Dracula. We have some other Universal things to touch though. We just did a Mummy recently. I am. I know Wolfman already has someone attached to it, so maybe it's not Wolfman because Gosling's in that with a. Uh, I think the director of Blue Valentine, but maybe it's like a, a Invisible Man, Fra- uh, Frankenstein. Who do we got left in the Universal Horror? Well, we did Invisible Man, and we nailed Invisible Man. Yes, I honestly, this makes me happy because the Scream movies have been like meh. And I think oh. they're very good directors. Radio Silence. I really like Ready or Not, and I like their work in the scream movies i don't think that's the you know i think it's just right i think the movies are bad is, but i think the scream six was really good i, I just i've just really had a different take on scream six but like i really liked it right and yeah i mean ready or not was clearly the high watermark of like what they've done so maybe not an existing ip is what i'd say for them like again yeah, ready but even the universal monsters it's an existing ip but it's kind of it's one not where much it's like, of one yeah like, they're not beholden to anything it's, right like, it's not like yeah like well, with invisible man lee winnell just took that basic idea of an invisible 
criminal and just made a completely original movie out of right. it. Yeah, that's Universal true. Universal took a big risk on that and it paid off, which is why I'm like, I like where their head's at probably right now, where they're like, you want to do something fucking weird with it? Do something weird with it. So it's not going to be uh, like, it's not going to be part of like the Tom Cruise mummy universe with Russell Crowe. <laughs> exactly. dark universe. <laughs> I really like, I like when a company does something like this where they just like Hasbro weirdly enough with the Ouija movie where they realized, Oh, we should, we should actually uh, do something artistic or original uh, and not just the same shit. They real, I, I feel like Hasbro did it also with Bumblebee uh, where they, they get burned and, or they are just like out of steam with that shit. And they're like, okay, well, let's just do something yeah. interesting. Well, it's the end or it's Loki. It's like the idea that you get so burned out on like this IP that finally somebody does something you're like, right. yes, okay. Like the first Ouija movie sucked. And then the second one right. was amazing. Universal yeah. Monsters feels like that too, where they, they took it, they tried, they were like, let's be Marvel. And then immediately they were like, never mind. Let's not be Marvel. Let's just Turns do out something. that was a let's terrible idea. Right. I do what have- a, what a, who would have thought to make your horror series horror movies? Yeah. And that's what they're doing now. And I'm, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think that, look, I think that there's going to be some crossover between... Uh, I just personally believe there's some going to be some crossover between this Wolfman uh, Gosling movie and whatever this might be. Um, right. Just based on based on a hunch, uh, but I think that would be cool. I wouldn't mind if there was like some uh, dark universe stuff. Just like maybe again, like give it to some indie directors, give it to these guys, like let them play in it and like have it each be a different director and like you know the yeah. crossover of crossing it over would be like a cooler kind of marvel where it's like a mashup of two different like indie people that you like yeah i'm excited for their next original actually original thing but i'm also just mm. i like seeing them do different projects so i've, I've been you know you're gonna be waiting a while sounds they're a lot of fun yeah probably they, they're clearly having fun doing this stuff but yeah they've um, got a couple things <laughs> yeah uh all right final news story <laughs> we we have to address that hbo max is now just Max, you know, because HBO, that was the brand that oh, they were like, we got to get rid of HBO. You know how did you see it, the, when people the see the word HBO. Did you see the boneheaded quote? I forget I forget who it was from. It might have been from Zaslav, uh, David Zaslav, who's the new um, head of HBO. But uh. somebody was like trying to justify it by saying, well, the HBO brand like intimidates casual fans who associate HBO with like prestige, yes. like high tier yep. television. So we're getting rid of that. And <laughs> well, it's like, remember- motherfucker, like the casual fan associates HBO with being the Game of Thrones channel. Like I like they're talking about right. how it's HBO like Max. Shows. Right. It's just like they're like, well, we're just going to roll all of our existing HBO Max subscribers into Max. And it's like, well, HBO was too intimidating for casual Do- fans. So now we've made Max with more of a focus on reality unscripted read garbage television and it's like dude i am an hbo max subscriber because it was grandfathered in from when i subscribed to hbo Mm -hmm. and i subscribed to hbo because i wanted to subscribe to hbo look look man i I think i think the thing is like you remember the matrix that he came out with that got leaked after uh, discovery bought warner brothers and it was like women like to lean forward men like or lean back and like or lean forward and men like to lean back women like this and it was like Oh, this guy does not get content, or he thinks like, yeah, it's almost like he's like the uh, he's like an archetype. Zaslav is like an archetype of like someone who just thinks like there's pretentious, too much pretentious shit on TV. Like how yeah. Discovery ever bought Warner Brothers and HBO? Like where did that fucking thing come from? Like I remember. We did a... yeah. Oh no, 
was gonna say I remember editing a piece when that merger happened when uh, they merged with Warner Brothers and going like without looking it up just telling the writer that they were wrong and they must have gotten their facts incorrect because there's no way that that Discovery like the Ice Trucker or whatever shows yeah. that channel cannot have bought Warner Brothers and HBO you must have got it reversed they must yeah. be merging into like Warner Brothers and not vice versa and I looked into it uh, after I got some pushback on the piece and I was like oh no, no you're right that just doesn't make any fucking sense. And Zavlov's yeah. first, like, orders of business have been to make the stupidest decisions I've ever seen. Like, okay, right. so, like, DC is at least... It's, uh, yeah, good. It's an Elon Musk situation. Yes. Where I'm like, do you... Did you buy it because you hate HBO secretly? Or do you simply don't understand fundamentally what it is and how to sell it? Because yeah. it thing. seems like you hate money. Well, not just we did, HBO. Yeah, we did some more news about this merger, and I remember a bunch of weird shit coming out of it where it's like, what... like. Like fucking, there's a Gremlins two episode. He right? needs to be. It need, they need to like literally grab him and eject him from the building. Like they need to stop this person. Oh my god! Because he is uh, driving this into the ground, and, and, just, and it's amazing. Not yeah. just this. It's DC. How like DC is populist. Yeah. Like how is he ruining DC by cutting that fat girl? Like he's just making all the worst decisions. You know the yeah. one thing that they he has money. bought. Yeah, they hate money. You know the one thing he has purchased like as a, like, you know like they've acquired under his ruling like his direct supervision was a movie starring robert de niro written by the guy who wrote uh the script for goodfellas and is his next door neighbor in the hamptons and you're like oh yeah wow. you have the finger on the pulse of what's going to make a blockbuster film yeah. Jesus yeah, it's just Christ. a very rich person with absolutely no idea what people want he's like and the my just, pillow guy well he just he comes from uh reality shows and unscripted right. and it's that's cheap and it makes money so that's like his whole business model is let's steer towards unscripted <sighs> because it's cheap and it makes money and fine what a bummer and fine but that's not what hbo is and that's never nope. been the model of hbo <laughs> and they're the fact that it's now offering this max thing as if like the most premium membership level lets you uh watch in 4k on various different things which is already sorry what the current platform lets you do like yep. it's it's just offering you the same thing, but like I guess without the bumper trailers for the new HBO shows, which is like part of the reason why I watch HBO. Like, God damn it. Right. God damn it's it. It's so weird because you'd think he'd at least understand numbers. You know, he'd like would be like, Oh, Game of Thrones, one of the biggest shows ever. Surely uh we should think about that, right? Like you'd think they'd at least he'd at least understand those things. You know, he, um, he, and now of course well, they they're keep, doing the Harry they Potter keep, series. They keep chasing Harry Potter and it's like oh my is God. Harry Potter unscripted? Like, yeah. are you One fucking things, stupid? It's weird. It seems more. It seems more conservative. Like, it's almost like it's a conservative idea more than just reality thing. It's like he's. I feel like he's just like some weird. Yeah, like yeah, my pillow dude. I don't know why I think that, There's, but like it, it just, feels it's like so, that. It's so weird. Like when HBO Max launched, the the app was janky as hell. It remains yeah. janky, but it's it's more functional than it was when it launched. But like, I still put up with it and was excited to subscribe with it because like. Warner Brothers has such a deep fucking library of great movies, all the Looney yeah. Tunes cartoons, like, and they had Studio Ghibli on there. Like, there was so much stuff on HBO Max. Like, it was really they cool. Getting, they started and getting the, rid yeah, of it. The first thing this motherfucker does is start deleting shit from it to save money on taxes and residuals. Like, because that's are what he you is. Crazy. He's a Gordon no, Gecko. Like, he just bought it to like scrap it for parts. But like, why? This, if this isn't making money like it is like Elon and Twitter, it's like, if this isn't making enough money for you, like as is, 
Like, why sell it for parts? Why just not buy it in the first place? Like, it's why? It's one of those. It? It's a very clear sign that we need. Like, this country needs better laws when it comes to it does. letting wealthy people just be. sort of play this... with things. Like, it's like it's the same yeah. with Elon buying Twitter, which is like this thing that people need and like that that de- like journalists depend on. This thing that has like HBO that has a lot of like a huge library and stuff that people care about. And just having like some rich person who has no connection to it buy it, and then and just then, like start fucking with it. But it's just, not like, and it's like just with, like with that, Elon. That's so weird with Elon and a lot of these other deals. Um, I don't know if the HBO Max deal was the same, but like Toys R Us is another famous example. When a big company buys it, they then get to saddle all the debt they they yeah, that's what accrued. It is onto that new purchase and then they and go well look at all the debt we have we better like, start how is this legal stuff. how is this right. legal? Oh, oh, they, yeah. they put like, their, they put the company into debt and then strip it for parts and quote the debt as the reason that's oh, what yeah. elon did with twitter as well it's, yeah. it's hilarious because elon doing that with twitter he's like it's worth half of like uh what it was worth before and it's like no motherfucker it's worth half of what you paid for it like that's right. not the same thing as what like, and I see like journalists like falling for this all the time and like putting it in the headline like Twitter is halved in value because it's like oh yay look he's ruining it no motherfuckers that's like playing into his that's what he wants it wasn't ever yeah. worth that much to begin with it didn't have in value like he yeah. just paid too much money for it with Warner Brothers it's <laughs> it's not a uh, it's not like a coincidence that there's been like three movies out where Warner Brothers is explicitly the villain. The Matrix, the new Matrix film calls out Warner Brothers as a villain. Yep. The new Space Jam. Like it's well. it's because of this shit where it's like these writers and these directors like basically screaming at people like, we need help over here. <laughs> this place sucks. Look, I think that also like, I'm not sure. Does Zazzle buy this out? Like is he the, the king of Discovery or is he just like, I thought he was just like a guy who they bring in and he's really good at like throwing the axe like giving the axe uh, to things my sure. nickname is the king of discovery just he's, for the he's definitely not the person who init- he's definitely not the person who purchased it he's just who they per- put in charge but i believe yeah. he was running discovery before this so yeah so yeah. I, i'm saying this isn't like elon buying twitter in the sense that this isn't like some megalomaniac like idea of anything but like his no, decisions are the, so stupid yeah it's, yeah. The, it's the same like business strategy and then it's putting a guy in charge who just like knows how one thing works and believes that it applies to all areas of entertainment. Well, and at this point it feels like they're trolling us. Like the two biggest HBO series right now have like non-binary leads, but you're going to remake Harry Potter and have her be the executive producer, like JK Rowling. Like don't fucking do that. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just don't do that. Like you don't have to do that. No one's going to force you to do that. You can also make something new in the Harry Potter universe that didn't have to be a remake of the original films. Who's yeah. asking for that? They're, Who's they're asking? barely barely ten years old uh, since the last one. Well, also, like, like are they going like to incorporate? Years ago. Are they going to incorporate the other J.K. Rowling changes that she's like, you know, sort of like retroactively put in? Is it going to be like a, a Black Hermione and like a gay Dumbledore and like all these other things that she's like said about? Uh-huh. You know about the series since its release, and then if so, uh, gross. Let's just not let's not do that. Let's not give her any more fucking uh, airspace. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it, it's baffling what they're doing over there. It's a real shame. Uh, I hope. I I mean, again, this is a case for physical media as well. Like buy buy the shows, yeah. buy the shows. Do that. Do it now. I know you're technically giving them more money that way, but in the long run, you don't have to. You're preserving yeah. it, uh, and like it's yeah. man, because they just shutter. obliterate these things. Yeah, 
Get Shutter, get Criterion, like, go pay for the things that, like, deserve, like, your money. Because AMC is, like, literally on the verge of cutting Shutter, And, like, that's the best. I think that's the best streaming network that they already have. great. Yeah. I love Shudder. Well... Let's uh let's move on. Uh, we're done with stories. We Yay. can thank some more producers. Uh, big old big old sloppy thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to Pete Forpagel. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis Anti Disestablishmentarianism Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to pre order TikTok superstar Jason Pargin's new book, Zoe's Too Drunk for This Dystopia. Pre orders are super important. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Rev MD. Thank you so much. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Ricky. Thank you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Yay, thank you. thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Snapper Car Punches God in the Dick. Thank, thank you. you to Sorry Cop, world's most laughable centrist. Mm, thank yeah. thank yeah. you to Steven. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Thank mm, you so much. Thank you. So convenient. So easy. Mm. Let me swoop in here. Thank you to the Midnight Patreon patrons at midnight. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to the Oatmeal Savage. Thank, thank you. Thank you to the To Be Terror Bunny says thank you for watching Dead Heat. You're welcome. Ooh. We We sure thank did. You. We sure did. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to Chucks. Thank you. Thank you to Vincent with a Y. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to your mom. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you to Zzz, because Pie Guy liked being last. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can show you guys that clip. It's really good. Oh, full circle. Full circle. Oh, man. Speaking of full circle, Dave, we've come to the end of it. The end of the road, yes. as the boys to men like to say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need, I, I nay, demand to know whether you have brought a movie that perhaps deserves some more hype. You know, I do. I mm. did. And I am. You magnificent bastard. I am brought movie deserves hype. Uh, and that movie is called Hundreds of Beavers. Yes. It yes, is yes, exactly yes, yes. what it sounds like. Sort of. Um, this is uh, out of Wisconsin. It's oh, a Wisconsin God. production. An <laughs> indie, a surprisingly low budget. The reviews seem to be surprised by that. It's set in the 19th century mm-hmm. it's about a uh a, a salesman an applejack salesman oh, yeah who is who is uh uh drunk and his um his forest where he gets uh his product from is being uh, uh attacked by an army of beavers who are trying to build the biggest dam and it is about this drunken salesman waging a war with the beavers uh the the catch there are no animals in this movie. It's all people dressed in mascot. Oh, outfits. it looks it looks so good. It looks like I know it looks that like there's a Looney Tunes cartoon. And, it sure does. And they're comparing it to like Adult Swim and Looney Tunes. It looks like to me it's a Guy Madden film. This is just the Wisconsin version of uh, Winnipeg. Right. You know. To quote, yeah, to quote slash film, hundreds of be- beavers exist at the crossroads of Rooney- Looney Tunes, Benny Hill, Cannibal the Musical, Blazing Saddles, and Adult Swim mindsets if that i mean that kind of calibrates it in your head of like okay i know exactly what they're talking about here it looks fucking weird as shit it reminds me of that movie you guys watched recently uh and did a review on that was like 
like the film that had like a million stories within it like the the narrative structure was like it's really room yeah it sounded like kind of, i was yes. just trying to imagine it i was like this kind of sounds like that that other movie yeah it, it looks a little more so it's like shot in black and white a lot of the reviews uh call out the cinematography specifically which is interesting um again it's very low budget but there i get uh, multiple reviews are like you'd never know it um it's not that long, but they're saying that they're, the, one of this reviews, this film threat says, even at the 80 minute mark, I was bewildered as to why the movie wasn't ending in a conspicuous spot in an obvious way. That's because obvious takes a holiday in the epic third act where the concept spirals higher and higher in outlandish ways that will ignite the audience. Basically, like the review is like, I thought I was going to be, this is nearly two hour movie. And I thought like, that's too long. And yet it still managed to like hold up. Uh, and, and that's kind of amazing about it. Great. Also use of the term spiral and then up. Like you never hear yeah. about spiraling up. You only hear about spiraling down. The idea exactly. of something spiraling up is like very cool. It kind of reminds me like, you know, right after we did our Skin Marink episode, Dave, I think it was right after uh, they announced The Backrooms as being like another movie that's yeah. being picked up. And it's like, that's so cool to me because that is a, what I was talking about on that episode. Oh, yeah. It is like literally... I'm honestly surprised they hadn't made a Backrooms movie years ago. Um... Well, specifically, it's a Backrooms movie by the kid who's been making all those great Backrooms uh, like YouTube series. Yes. And he's 15 or something like he's 15 years old and he's been making awesome shit for like years now and kind of just like under the radar because he's 15. But like, yeah, let's give it let's give movies to this to to this weirdo bunch of like um, very much online, you know, indie kids who can like, you know, make something out of nothing with very low budget. Give it to them. Not Zack Snyder. Yeah. And this feels like comedy Skinnerink in a way. Yes. It's less surreal, but if you watch the trailer, it's like black and white grainy. It's in the woods, but it's very much like, again, Looney Tunes. It's it's very silly. Uh, yeah. it, it, God, it looks really fun. It looks like what they'd be watching in Skinnerink. Yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. If, if you're wondering when it'll come out, it ha- it's doing festival circuits right now. Uh, it's getting a lot of like attention there. I'm sure it'll, it'll get picked up. It'll get picked up by Amazon or Netflix or Shutter or something. Shutter, yeah. Shutter, or just, Adult, Sw- Adult Swim. You know, they did their. Uh, they did over the Christmas thing. They did Casper Kelly's uh, movie. It was the first full length movie they've ever put out. I think it's called Yule Log. Um, wasn't a huge fan, but like, yay, Adult Swim putting out full length movies. Like, Hell do more yeah. of that. Like, they I'd- should pick this up. Yeah. Yeah. Go to nice. uh, so, Wan City yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. No, I Hundreds of beavers. Super mm-hmm. fucking Sorry? into this trailer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary. Um, I, I'm scared by that. If you want to know what scares Drew, like people in beaver suits, I don't like it. Okay. Good to know. No, there's mm-hmm. something about it. It reminds me a little bit of like, you know, you, the car, the cartoons uh, in Skinnamarink or like the, um, the uh, it's a good life segment of the Twilight Zone movie, not the Twilight Zone episode. Necessarily. No, no, it's in the it's in the movie. It's in the movie. It's the uh, cartoon things that come to life in the Twilight Zone film. Well, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I, that's what I was saying. The movie specifically, and not necessarily the episode, because the episode it's based on that doesn't really happen. No, that's uh, everything. What's it called? Like uh, everything's so good or something? Because it's about the it's kid a good in the life. Cornfield. It's a good life, right? It's a good life. Yeah, yeah no, he turns it's... He, it's he turns a guy into a jack in the box. It's the main thing. But yeah, yeah, the movie where she's going through the cartoons and he brings like actual. Tex Avery things to life in real life and it just looks horrifying yeah um, there's there's a, there, like I understand why like something like this would be frightening because there's an element of like surrealist uh, yeah, 
It's very Adult Swim infomercial. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, it's Cheddar Goblin. It's Cheddar Goblin. It's Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. It's too many cooks. But which again, too many but, cooks. But, yeah, both by the same guy. That's Cass Kelly. Guy, it's yeah. also it's also that uh, the one I really liked is uh, unedited footage of a bear. The one that was like started out like it's a YouTube thing, and then it's a commercial for a, a nose medication, and then it turns into this weird surrealist nightmare. Like I love that, and I think that this is like seems very creative, very freaky. Not sure if I'm gonna like love the whole movie, but I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that this is coming out. This exists. Yeah, me too. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice job. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else? Congratulations to us because that's a so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! <laughs> Drew, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you. Hope I didn't interrupt too much. I'm giving myself a score of seven, but I'll probably revise it after I go and listen to the episode and probably put Good it down know. more. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I give you a, a seventeen out of ten. Yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to hit some plugs again? Where what do you, what do you want to tell people? I want to tell people to go see Bo is Afraid tomorrow. I'm seeing an IMAX. Go see that movie. It looks really good. <laughs> go see uh, Bo is Afraid. Go see Bo is Afraid. He literally Ari Aster is calling it his Jewish Star Wars, and I want to see what that means. Uh, no, go check me out, Video Drew, on all the social. Like I said, I'm doing this new uh, this new project for Daily Dot called Passion Fruit. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, go check out the website. I think it's <laughs> the website is Passion Fruit F R U and then dot it. I think that's how, I think that's how we're spelling it, guys. So uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, cool. and, and then uh, yeah, check out Content Candy. We're gonna be ramping up production on some more stuff there we have a youtube channel where we do the video chronic quizzes pop culture quizzes we've been getting back into those we just did better off dead um weirdly unproblematic that movie held up um nice and yeah we're gonna do a bunch of fun stuff um that's it for me for right now cool uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed uh, you know, we got exclusive podcasts on there. You can watch movies with us every Friday night. There's all sorts of shit to check out on there. Patreon.com uh, slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-Y Unemployed. Check it out, please. Uh, yes. Please. Um, we also have a store. Go over to GamefullyUnemployed.com where we have a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your bow is fearful peepers onto that. Do it. Do it. Oh, oh I forgot Do to plug it. one thing. Can I plug one more thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do it. I have a Twitter account that uh, I think you should succeed, which is a succession slash I think you I think you should leave uh, meme account. So Beautiful. I really, Incredible. me and Lon have been running that and uh, we've been doing pretty good. So it's I-T-Y-S and then the word succeed is part of the S. All right. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Hola. Bye. Shalom. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. 
can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.